Well, we're all out of straws here on Ref the District for this coaching staff after a 29-26 loss to the Seattle Seahawks. It's time for a reckoning. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning, where we've had time to sleep on it. We rewatched the game and we've got some questions that need some answers. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner here on the Believe Network. And Stoner, first question I've got for us is why, oh, why did we bet against CJ Stroud? We should have known better. We should have known like the guy who put down $500,000 and he gets $6 million. And it's a shame he didn't use bet online because if you would have used the code believe B L E A V, you would have gotten a welcome bonus and been able to put on just a little bit more to that money. I'm sure he's not really feeling it after $6 million in earnings there, but I tell you what, you can actually head out to bet online or pull it up on your phone. Use the code believe, get yourself a welcome package, get your that self, that money as you bet on NFL games, UFC college basketball is here. You know, we don't like to talk about the caps right now as uh, they're all older than stoner and Hmm. not doing very well. And the wizards, maybe you could actually put some smart money against the wizards every week and you'd probably make out just fine right there but again use that code believe over at bet online and get yourself a little welcome package hey Stoner. easy killer the caps are six one and one in their last eight i just want to put that out there the old folks are getting it done in their last old eight. folks getting it done indeed and the uh young folks getting it done here as well for the washington commanders we talked last week stoner about how the fact that the young players in the game against the Patriots were contributing to a mm. W there. Washington, mm. as you can see by me not wearing a onesie, did not get the W here against Seattle, but they fought hard and they fought to the end. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, the more and more this, this season goes along, the more and more I'm I, people got to stop questioning. People got to stop sitting there and saying, Hey, we've got to evaluate at the end of the season. I'm thinking the future is here, Stoner. What else do you need to see at this point? Look, we're not homers, okay? We were both a little bit skeptical on this whole Sam Howell situation, me especially. I was not a howler before the season started, before training camp started. But I've been, but I've seen it. I've seen it with my eyes. I've seen it on tape. I've seen it in the stats. I've seen what he can do. And there's no more question in my eyes on whether or not he is the future because he is the future of this team at quarterback. There's a few wrinkles that are going to go into it, Nathan, coming up, but I don't know how, what is it that you don't like about Sam Howell that makes you question whether or not he can be a franchise QB? I'm asking you and I'm asking everybody who is watching. Who's still still waiting to question. Yeah. For I think the only thing that puts a near question in my head at this point of the mm-hmm. season is who is going to be the staff next year. Do That's you bring fair. in Eric Bieniemy again? How you know you don't like Eric Bieniemy's offense, so do you bring in Eric Bieniemy or do you give him another offensive-minded coach? In my opinion, if your belief is in Sam Howe. Mm-hmm. 
then you bring in staff that you think can win ball games. If that's Eric Bieniemy, that's Eric Bieniemy. If that's the offensive coordinator for the Lions, because I've seen a lot of people mock that one up, then that's mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator from the Lions or from you've got plenty of opportunity or plenty of options out there. Yeah. Bring in a young offensive-minded co- coach and we're good to go, I think, because Sam Howell needs to be that guy regardless of the staff. I mean, he, that's, it, but that's not fair. That's where I'm going to stop you, Nathan. Uh, I don't think that's the wrinkle. That's what I don't think is fair. I don't think Josh Harris in this situation can sit there and he can say to a incoming general manager, Sam Howell is the guy you figure out how to build around it. He's probably going to say that, but I don't know that that's fair. I don't think that's fair. He's got to say, do what you got to do. I'm out. You do what you got to do. If you think Sam's the guy, great. If not, we'll go find you your guy, whether that's in free agency, move up in the draft, in the draft position we have, whatever. Please no more free agent quarterbacks. Well, I'm just, I'm saying what you just said is that the mandate is that the new GM has to come in GM and pick a coach and they all have now you're putting words in my mouth all right what were you saying all right what I said is if Sam Howell is the guy he needs to be the guy of regardless of who the coach is okay well who's deciding if Sam Howell is the guy the GM and uh and the new coaching staff will decide but what I'm saying is if he's a franchise QB he's a franchise QB regardless of the coaching staff put here meaning you do not have to marry yourself to Eric the enemy Okay. Which, in my opinion, right. right now, I do think the jury's still out on Eric Bieniemy. This yes. offense has not necessarily been feasting the way. A lot of it has been some Sam Howell heroics. The ball to Diami was an absolute dot mm-hmm. stoner. The beautiful pass. Some- but that was third down. And that was that was actually one of the things I went and I took a look at mm-hmm. was Washington on first down. And I tell you what, stoner. It does not look good. And the reason why this is important is because first down consistency in an offense and success on first down actually Mm -hmm. translate to a better offense over the course of a season. Sure. Because third down is so volatile. You either get it or you don't, and you're off the field, right? Right. And so first down really sets the tone. The best way to have a good third down conversion is just never to get there. So you need to be good on downs first, first down and second down rather than waiting to be good on third down. Now, Sam has been fantastic right. on third down. These, the, these three last three games that we've really seen that growth. The thing is, is that's not necessarily going to be as consistent as if he were fantastic on first down. But I don't necessarily think that's a Sam Howell issue. I think that's more of an Eric Bieniemy issue. Right. Right. As when I charted most of these, a lot of these were short passes, and there was a couple of runs in there. They weren't really successful, meaning they didn't even gain five yards, most of them. There was a lot of incompletions, even short incompletions. And mm-hmm. I think part of that did happen to be the game plan from Seattle yesterday was they had seen over the last few weeks that everything was going short. So take mm-hmm. away those short passes. And right. they did. Right, And so the offense really needed to get into these positions where Sam Howell was throwing it into the mid or deep parts of the field to be successful. And he was, you dared him to do it, and he was good on right. those, but consistently you're not going to be able to do that. 
that's not sustainable. That's not yeah. sustainable over the course of a season. Might be good for a game here, two games, three games, maybe even a six, seven, eight-game stretch of a season. But it is not sustainable throughout a, a full season, two seasons, five seasons, and so on. You can't do that. Nobody has ever been successful at doing that ever in the history of football. You've had some teams who've been really, really good at throwing the ball. Obviously, the Patrick Mahomes of the world's and Tom Brady's had some great seasons, but Tom Brady doesn't have great seasons throwing the ball 65 to 70% of the time. He doesn't do that. He has to have other parts of the offense. And like you said, you have to be successful on first down and second down and not always be stuck in this third down and asking your quarterback to make these incredible plays down the field to Deami Brown and the, the plays off schedule to Brian Robinson and all you just can't do that consistently and think you're going to get away with it. So you're right. I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not sold on Eric Bieniemy yet as an offensive coordinator going forward. He's still got time, though. It's been 10 games. Let's give him some more time. Let's give him the rest sure. of the season. He has quite a, quite a slate to go, and I don't want to get too much into this because those watching us here on YouTube can see the kind of schedule there, and they'll see a – the RTDB out there as a third mm -hmm. thing to talk about. So I don't want to necessarily take away from Sam Haltime, but yeah. th when we're talking about the futures here, I just want to stress for me personally, Nathan on this yep. one, that that's Sam Howell. And I'm not necessarily, and my belief in Sam Howell at this point is that if you give him a good offensive-minded coach, he is going to be successful. That mm -hmm. doesn't have to be Eric Bieniemy. That could be another good offensive-minded coach. That's so what right. you you know that's that's all I wanted to say as far as that was concerned in that regard. Because I mean I'm looking at some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about when it comes to running the damn ball. And mm -hmm. yeah, I I I'm with you on the Eric Bieniemy part. I know that's a bit of a shocker for those who listen to us all the time because I've been very making all the excuses and talking <laughs> about the short passing game. Mm -hmm. But something's something's got to change there, Stoner, and something's got to change with this front office, like now. Like, I can't believe this is a second Monday or third Monday in a row that we're waking up and there hasn't been a change to the staffing and the Washington commanders. I'm not calling for somebody's job per, per se. Definitely Sounds going. Like you are, but definitely okay. going to allude to it. I'm mainly just saying that I'm shocked, Stoner. But I, am, <laughs> okay. I like I'm going to allude to. There probably should have been somebody at this point who was asked to uh, step down. Yeah, you just gave up nearly 500 yards. And watching the replay, honestly, they got a. They, we got they got very very lucky on quite a few other plays. That first half, it, mm -hmm. if Geno Smith was a more accurate QB. He was bad in that, the first half. That first half would have been mm -hmm. Washington would have gone in down at the half. Sure. He but they were very, very fortunate that Geno Smith was missing a lot of throws. He yeah. didn't miss them in the second half, and Washington ended up losing the game. Yeah. And and part of that maybe that's Forbes, who got knocked out early because he knocked out Lockett. Uh, and mm. with the helmet to helmet, and Blandino saying it wasn't, shouldn't have been an ejection. The pool report said, Hey, these are bang bang, and New York makes the call, and they said, Get the kid out of there. Mm -hmm. Regardless of Forbes, though, like this, uh, this defense just continues to struggle. This is year four, Stoner. 
of yeah. Jack Del Rio's defense. This was they finished top five. And there's the air quotes for those of us, for those of you listening into the audio. All mm. right. There's air quotes around that. They finished in the top five yeah. last year. This this was supposed to make a jump. And I wonder, because I asked a few weeks ago when we thought that Jack Del Rio might be let go after a horrendous defensive effort. Yeah. You know, is it going to be him or is it going to be a scapegoat? Like, who's going to go? I wonder, are the trades of Montez Sweat and Chase Young the defensive scapegoats for the Washington Commanders? Is that what's going to keep Jack Del Rio around to the end of the year? That and the fact that he's buddies with Ron Rivera. Because it felt feels like when your defense is this bad, and you got an, mm-hmm. you got a you got a young QB who threw for 300 yards for the fifth time this season and three touchdowns to zero interceptions. He did have the fumble, but when you have your young QB go out there and perform that way, and your defense on the other side is giving up 500, nearly 500 yards and plenty mm-hmm. of touchdowns and this, you know mm-hmm. nearly 30 points for. How many times this year when your defense was supposed to be what was the reason why you were going to win games? And if you had a mid-tier QB, you'd be winning a lot more games. Yeah. We're at four and six now. This defense is horrendous. Something needed to change, and then st- they booted out two guys. Were those the scapegoats, Stoner? Well, I mean, at this point, you could say they're the sa- scapegoats, but the two games they've been gone, their pressure rate has actually gotten worse that they've been gone. So you can't say, well, they're the reason the defense was bad because it's gotten worse since they left in terms of their pressure on the quarterback. But I'm not saying that Jack Del Rio specifically and Ron Rivera as well should not be fired. I'm not saying that. They they deserve absolutely to be let go of their duties and let someone else come in and do that. I just don't think it does anything. It I don't think it changes anything. Do you think somebody's going to come in and turn the season around? Is Eric Bieniemy as head coach and I don't know Jeff Scanina as defensive coordinator going to turn the season around? I had a lot of people come at us and say, "Well, look at the Vegas Raiders. They got rid of their coach and they went two and zero, and everybody loves in there. They played the Jets and the Giants. Okay, let's not <laughs> get an carried away. Sunday night football game. Let's abysmal. see how the rest of the season goes for Antonio Pierce sure. and the Vegas Raiders. Saturday, you're not going to win a lot of games with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Sorry, you're not. I remember was it Jeff Saturday last year, right? That we that we came in and didn't he actually have a uh, successful two years, two years ago? He had a successful like first game One and game. then and then it d- dovetailed. Yeah, so right. you got to wait for the season. I. My thing is, and I talked about this in our instant reaction a little bit, and I saw people. some people disagree with me, and that's fine. Only one of us has to be right, and that's usually me. Um, but <laughs> what good does losing do for Sam Howell? That, that, that was kind of my, my question that put forth. And so mm-hmm. if, if Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are bringing something to the, to the table – that will help the development of Sam Howell keep him around. Mm-hmm. If what they're doing is detrimental to the growth and development of who we literally just spent nearly 10 minutes talking about being the franchise QB, then boot them. Well, answer your answer your own question. Do you think Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are a detriment to the development of Sam Howell? 
Well, do Jack Del Rio probably not, right? Because that's your defensive not even side close. of it. If anything, his poor defense and having to throw Sam Howell out there right. even more might that's be right. a good thing. Might that's just right. be a good thing. But so how do you about think this, Jack, Do you think Ron Rivera is a detriment to Sam Howell's development? Answer that question. I, you will always hear from me when it comes to Ron Rivera. Him as a coach, I think he's not a great head coach. Him right. as a person, him as a mentor, him as a coach in the sense that what he brings to the locker room, mm-hmm. I think that is valuable. Okay? okay. Him on Sundays, him through the week game planning, that that part of Ron Rivera's uh, aspect, not a huge fan of. Good I answer. Wasn't when they wasn't when they hired him. Good answer. You haven't answered the question, though. <laughs> is Ron Rivera a detriment to Sam Howell's development? So I'm going to I'm going to ask a question. Sticking around is that is that stunting the growth of Sam Devo- Sam Howell? So let me answer with a question of my own. That's not wouldn't it be better to mm-hmm. put Eric Bieniemy as a he- interim head coach? He's already the assistant head coach as it is. Mm-hmm. As as the interim head coach to see whether or not he is the guy and you continue can develop uh, Sam Howell in that fashion. Okay. So fine. I'm not going to let you get away with it. I'm going to come back to it because you still haven't answered it, but I'll answer your question. Absolutely not. That is not what you want to okay. do with Eric B enemy. Sure. You've said it. Everybody said it from the beginning. This season is all about the development of Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to take away what you believe is the best um, uh, coaching that he's gotten in Eric Bieniemy, and you're going to take Eric Bieniemy's duties and double or triple it now by making him the interim head coach, which is going to take away from his time with Sam Howell. So that's not a good idea to take Eric Eric Bieniemy's time away from Sam Howell. So I don't agree that he should be given any sort of interim head coach. That's why I don't think that they should be fired. They deserve to be fired, but I don't think that they should be fired because one, there's nobody sitting out there who's going to come in and turn things around. So what good does that do you? I understand people want, you know, they want to chop some heads off and put their heads on the block and say, Hey, you need to be held accountable for this, but it doesn't do any good for the biggest thing that you're doing this year, which is developing Sam Howell. I, so no. for, the, for what it's worth, I agree with you that it, 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 neither one of those are detrimental to Sam Howell's development in that regard. So you're yeah. right. You get, you got to keep them. You're right that we, you know, we as fans want some accountability mm-hmm. and for things to change. I mean, both of us thought Washington at this point was going to be five and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're only one game off of that, losing to the abysmal Chicago Bears or, or the, the Giants, Giants uh, <laughs> right. making making the difference there. Uh, poor Trev, man, he was so optimistic. He had them at seven and three. Uh, poor, 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 poor Trev, man. Poor Trev. So the uh, it's it's it didn't come about the way we expected, though. Mm-hmm. We expected the defense to carry the way. And for Sam yeah. Howell to take his lickings. Yeah. I don't think any one of us, you know, even Trev and all of his optimism expected Sam Howell 10 games in to be leading the league in passing yards. Yeah. To be top three and touchdowns yeah. to, to have, you know, top and top and, uh, you know, uh, attempts, pass attempts, but 
that's that's where we are. And, and I yeah. think that it is going to be an interesting stretch down the way here. The Giants, Cowboys, Dolphins, Rams, Jets, 49ers, and Cowboys again. That's, that, this, a that's, a, that's a daunting schedule. And this is one of the things that I'm excited about for seeing from Sam Howell. Those are some good defenses in there. He's Eric Bienemy and Sam Howell have been doing this against some like Seattle, some not good defenses. Yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seattle, particularly, was abysmal against the run, and Eric Bienemy still just did not want to run the ball. Apparently the offensive linemen did not earn their Skittles today. Yeah. They didn't they didn't get their little treat, Stoner. They didn't get to run the ball as much as you or I would have been calling for. I don't get it. And and when I'm looking at these, I got I charted all the runs as I'm sure you did as well. Mm -hmm. And they had not 28 plays in that first half, not including the punts, by the way. Yep. They got they got nine points. They only ran five times out of those twenty eight plays. That's right, the least Thir amount in three years. Yep, five times eight yards. So they weren't great, by the way. I mean, there was it was an abysmal mm -hmm. yards per carry on there. But mm -hmm. Washington also had three three and outs uh, to go with that. Throwing and I noticed the ball on those I, three and outs. I, yeah, and I noticed right. that right I, when I was looking at these, I was just like, wow, look at that, a three and out. Or four and out, and they're all passing, mm -hmm. uh, or they get a, <laughs> they get a good run, and then they pass, pass, and it's a three and out. The second half, they had thirty five plays, they got seventeen points off of that, and nine of those were running sixty three yards on those. Mm -hmm. Interesting, as I mentioned, the success on first down, they had uh, two first downs off of running. B Rob in the second to last drive had a fifteen yarder, then a twelve yarder. Off mm -hmm. of first down running. Mm -hmm. um, on first down passing, the only truly successful time that they had. I mean, they had a couple nine yarders, but they had a 19-yard touchdown uh, pass to Antonio Gibson that happened to be on first down. Mm -hmm. And But outside of that, I mean, they're just not – they're not being successful until they start right. running the ball. So, Stoner, right. why are we not running the ball? <laughs> I've been asking that question since – Week number one, when the run-to-pass ratio was disproportionate. It was so out of whack, and then it just kept going in week two. I think in week one, they had something in the neighborhood of like 19 straight pass attempts. We're not talking about games where you're losing by 20 points. We're talking about games you're winning or you're down by four points. They in were never game, out of this game. In Not this once. game against Seattle, you talked about they ran it five times in the first half. They were up the entire first half until it was tied. So mm -hmm. it's not like they've been trying to come back and they just keep throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. And you even talked about they were playing up. Seattle was playing their corners up tight to take away those short passes. That's a good time to run. 
when your corners are up that far up on the receivers. Yeah, you get to the second level, you got the safety to beat, and you're done. Exactly. So it it's just mind-boggling. I don't get why he just refuses to run. People say, well, the short passing game is an extension of the run. To an extent, that is sure. true. But running the ball is so extremely important to the success, not just of the of the particular game, but over the course of a season, over the course of a career. You're sending a guy back 40, 50, 60 times who's prone to getting sacked, so you're opening him up to injury. Interceptions are far more um, possible than fumbles are, so you're opening that up to turnovers. Mm-hmm. And you're just not, you're just not putting the defense going backwards. They're coming forward because they know you're dropping back, and they're not getting hit in the teeth. Offense. Somebody, I think they asked Sam Cosme about those four straight run plays in the second half. He was so giddy about it. He was so happy that they had those four straight run plays, and then they basically never ran again. And, and I just don't get it. It's not sustainable. I don't care what era of football this is. This is. What it? What's the new saying? It's a uh, throw to score and run to win. Shut yeah. up with that. That's an excuse <laughs> to throw the ball more. It works if you got Patrick Mahomes. It works if you got Jalen Hurts. It doesn't work if you've got an offensive line that's bad at protecting a quarterback and a quarterback who takes sacks and a quarterback who doesn't have the experience. Stop throwing the ball at a seventy percent clip. You just got to stop it. Yeah, it was I'm tired it was... of saying it every week. On on first down, they ran it eight times, and mm-hmm. they passed sixteen times. Fourteen out of those what, in the first half in the entire game. Oh, okay. So okay, on first gotcha. down, on gotcha. first down, the entire yep. game they had eight runs. They gained more than forty yards off of that. They had sixteen passes, fourteen of which were short. Mm-hmm. So only two deep shots on first and 10. Right. And I'm going to read you the yardage for each of these passes. Okay. On uh, first I, down passes. On first down passes. Okay. Okay. Incompletions will just be read as zero. Zero, 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 nine, three, zero, five, three, zero, nine, zero, 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 19 yards and a touchdown. Zero, zero. Hmm. Not mm-hmm. not very successful. On now, first what are the down, runs? On Give first down runs, runs you had mm-hmm. uh, B-Rob in the middle for two-yard gain, B-Rob in the middle for zero, and those are your only first down runs that you had in the first half. Okay? Second half. And on the second half, you had B-Rob to the right for one yard, B-Rob up the middle for five yards. These are just first down runs, by the way. I'm not, I have the details on the other ones as well. There's 14 runs. It's very easy to chart. Yeah. Um, then B-Rob left to 15 yards. B-Rob left for 12 yards. Uh, Gibson right for five yards. And then B-Rob left for one yard. By the way, yeah. those, left, those left ones, reason why Sam Cosme could be giddy, because even though they weren't running to his side, he got the pull and knock out some teeth. <laughs> that's right. And that's what they like to do. And that gets them going. Mm-hmm. That gets, gets you some momentum, gets you feeling good. Uh, so overall on first, what, what is, do you know, like uh, Sam Howell's completions? Like, was he like three for 16? He was eight for 16 on first down. 50%. For 
on for how many yards? Uh, we got do the math for me because I didn't actually calculate that up. Nineteen nine three five three nine. About less than forty. So forty yards in passing and fifty yards something in running, and in half the attempts. It's actually less than fifty. Yeah, but uh, yeah, point still stands. Point Point still stands stands. that running is important now. It was important five years ago. It was important 25 years ago. It was important 75 years ago. It just is. And everybody, again, wants to do this whole new age thing of just throw, 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 throw. It's not sustainable unless you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And even they need some running once in a while. Even they don't throw it a 70% clip. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw it a 70% clip or back in his heyday. Drew Brees didn't. Uh, Mahomes doesn't. Jalen Hurts doesn't. None of them do. You have to run the ball, and he just refuses to do it. And when he does it, it's basically successful. Yeah, and so one of the things that I'm still, I probably have to watch, re-watch more of the games, because when I saw it here, and my argument up to this point, Stoner, has been, is it successful? I've even brought this up on Sunday during the play-by-play. I actually called it. I said, they're going to start running and it's going to be successful, even though yeah. they're only down by seven. But I was just like, they're going to run the ball now and it's going to be successful. Yeah. And you get 15 yards to the left, 12 yards to the left, five yards up the middle. And it was just like, I told, I, I just knew when they do all that passing, it just does wonders for the running game. And so I just don't know. If it's the reason, because when I do look at these first half numbers and I see five rushes for eight yards, mm-hmm. I I can kind of understand why you don't continue doing that. Like that's like running into a brick wall. And and your argument, Stoner, is that you mm-hmm. have to run into the brick wall. You just have to. You do. Sometimes you do. Yes. It, look, if you can give me a sample size of 20 rushes, do let's extrapolate that out. So it was five for eight. So four times that amount, 20 rushes times yards for 32 yards. I get it. Stop running. Mm-hmm. Maybe even just go to 15 and then you say you just can't run. But you just can't say five times, okay, we're done. We can't do it. Five for eight. We're done. It's not working. How do you know it's not working unless you try it? And then when you do actually try it, it starts working. Shouldn't that click something in your brain that says, okay, just because it didn't work on these five plays doesn't mean it's never going to work again. If you if you run five screen passes and they're all blown up, you just say, no more screen passes? No, you still have to run those short screen passes every once in a while to try to suck that defense up so you can go over the top. Yeah. It's all part of a grand scheme. But if you just look at it like this and say, okay, five times we weren't successful, stop doing it. You can't do that. You can't have that mentality as an offensive coordinator. So that's, he's just got to figure that part out. And I thought he did the last couple of weeks, but this week he reverted back to the same old, same old. Yeah. We, we did get a designed run. That was kind of a, a new wrinkle as we haven't really seen a lot of Sam Howell designed runs. Some of his mm-hmm. bigger runs have been on these scrambles. The first down last week, uh, this week, against the Seahawks, it was a designed run for him. He got Mm -hmm. 15 yards off of it, but he fumbles at the end of it. 
Right. How much more do you want to see that wrinkle in? If if, if they ran Sam Howell four times a game, you know, mm-hmm. you know, upping the average to what like twenty two rushes per game, would yep. you be okay with that? If those yes. extra four came from Sam Howell. Yes, because what good does it do for you to be standing in shotgun with a running back next to you and then faking the handoff as though you're going to run? You're not going to run. And if the defense knows you're not going to run, then that play action is not going to do any good for you if you're doing some sort of these design-type plays. So you have to at least show them. When you run a couple of plays, let's say you have a three and out on your first drive, that's not always a bad thing. You're setting yourself up for later in the game. You're giving them looks that hopefully that you can use against them. You can exploit later by them saying, okay, I see what they're doing here in these first few drives. I'm going to adjust. And then you turn around and then you start adjusting off of that. But if you just do the same thing over and over and you're just dropping back, dropping back, dropping back, dropping back, that has no continuity. That has no flow. And the defense can defend that a whole lot easier. Yes, I want to see him run a little bit more. What I want to see him do is like Jalen Hurts does. When Jalen Hurts first started running, he was doing like Sam Howell's doing, right? He's trying for all these extra yards. He's trying to show his teammates he's tough, and he'll do whatever it takes to win. Now watch Jalen Hurts. When he goes to run, a guy gets within five yards of him, whoop, straight down. It's not worth it. Yeah, but, we were calling it. Uh, we were calling it during the play-by-play slide, yeah, slide, like he got right, the right. first down, and then it was just like, just get down. Yeah, but just because he slides and maybe he loses two yards on that run or whatever, he's shown them that you're willing to have your quarterback run, and that defense has to account for that. That's another weapon. Sam has the legs to do that. So absolutely, I want to see him run three, four, five times a game, and just get down. If it didn't work, just get down and go back to second down or third down and figure it out. Yeah, we've we've seen plenty of plays from Eric Milhouse Bienemy Jr. <laughs> that don't work. Second week in a row, Stoner. We got that tight end screen to John Bates. And I get that Eric Bienemy was saying that he's under underrated John Bates, but let's not let's continue. Let's not let's throw those screens. That. Please That's stop right. it. For those who might not know, the play-by-play will have your answer on why his middle name is Millhouse. Lots of fun to be had on that. Make sure you're joining us on Sundays for that. Let's move on to our go-goes and no-goes. And this picture yeah. almost lines it up perfectly. They're not mm. my answers, Stoner. Yeah. But for those who are listening to us in audio, the picture on this one is Tressway getting the helmet tap from uh, Joey Sly. And they're not my answers, but I'll explain why I think they're the epitome of this go, go and no go. Yeah. To start with the negative Joey slide missing that extra point was just, if he makes that extra point, he might make an argument for Ron Rivera to go for two, because then you're up by three points and a field that means Seattle has to score a touchdown to uh, win a field goal sends it to overtime. Right. So I, he's going to be my no go for missing. I hate to burst your bubble, but I don't think that math works out. If he makes the extra point, that's one extra point. Right. And That's then if they one. go for two, it's only plus it's only one. one. All right. Yeah, yeah. But I get well, what you're saying, but that, yeah, math- cause they would have been up by one. Yeah. They would have been up by two, two instead, yeah. instead of, all right. Fair right. enough. But he's I still missed an extra point. He's yeah, still yeah. going to get, he's still going to go not a my no go, but he's the epitome of why that he's up there. And oh, then okay. Tress, Tressway way needs to be earning the special teams player of the mm-hmm. week again, because Cheeseman continues to snap 
erratically. Yeah, he's done. And and, Tre- and Tressway has been fantastic at corralling those and getting those away. Whether or not it's him punting the ball or him getting those snaps ready for mm-hmm. Joey Sly to miss an extra point. Mm-hmm. He's jo- uh, Tressway. You guys were joking. You and Trev joked with me two seasons ago that mm-hmm. Tressway was you know the reason why we couldn't have a kicker make field goals. Tressway is the only thing keeping the special teams unit together. Those three in particular. So, yeah, but he's not, but none of those guys are, neither one are my no goes or go goes. I just, I'm just cheating a little bit stoner. I'm allowed to allowed to do it. I just like maybe our uh, new head coach next year might be Harbaugh. Just kind of trying to get in the mood for, for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Pop shots aside, no goes there stoner for you. Who is your no go for this game? There's there's a lot that could be, and I mean, a lot of people were picking on St. Juice because of that last drive. He was bad in that last drive. In fact, I think in the last two drives, he gave up like 70-something yards of pass interference, um, and so he wasn't good. But he was he was okay kind of the rest of the game. First half, he was actually really good. But I can't give it to him. It's It's an easy one. Usually, I don't like going for the easy one. But I'm going for the for the low hanging fruit here. I mean, Jack Del Rio, it's just it's enough already. It's enough with his defenses. This is insane. They're last in the they're last in the league in a lot of categories, or at least like bottom three. But one that I saw today, they're last in fourth point fourth quarter scoring. They're giving up nine points per quarter per fourth quarter through the course of ten games this season. 9.3 dead effing last in fourth quarter scoring defensively. That's crazy to me that it seems like every fourth quarter they keep uh, giving up so many points. Yeah, games on the line and they're and they're yeah. sitting there giving it up. So and- Del Rio, you you got rid of two malcontents. Maybe not malcontents is not the right word, but two guys on the yeah, defensive. A little harsh line. on sweat, at least. Yeah, you're right. Exactly, but. I mean, he's got he's still got a bunch of first rounders. He's got some veterans. He's got some young guys, and they can't get it done. And I just refuse to believe that these guys are bad at football. I just refuse to believe it. Yeah. So I'm going to put it on Jack Del Rio. There's been a lot of weird hate against Jonathan Allen that I've been seeing over the last well, his you know, his numbers are down. For sure. They're, sure, they're down, but like this was this is kind of like the game before last where people were getting on Eric Bieniemy. It was like actually this was his like best game. You know, John yeah. Allen walked away with a sack, two QB hits, had four tackles. Like he was in there, and it just feels weird that he's getting the hate. And I know part of that's because he's one of the leaders of this uh, yep. this team, and he was vocal yep. last year with the you know keep that same energy. He was vocal this year with talking about how losing sucks, and it does. Losing yeah. really does suck. Uh, I, I know this not just because I'm a Washington fan, but because I started Jahan Dotson on my fantasy team stoner. <laughs> yeah. And he got me he got me double goose eggs. Yeah. Zero Nothing. zero zero catches, zero <laughs> like like zero yards. Yeah. He didn't even get a touch on running. He I was only targeted Nothing. twice. And it's just, it's frustrating. And this is why he's gonna be on my no-go. It has nothing to do with fantasy. I don't really don't really care about fantasy that kind of way. But it is very, very frustrating to have a player who was being recognized as a potential breakout star across mm-hmm. the league, and he has been falling flat. I don't know if that's an Eric Bieniemy thing. 
I don't know if that's a sophomore slump specific to Jahan Dotson thing, but he drops, he's been dropping passes and to, and his routes just haven't looked as good. And then, I mean, you have Deami Brown out there snagging a heck of a catch. I mean, it was not an easy, it was a great ball. Wasn't an easy catch. Mm-hmm. And he he ends up scoring. And it's just like that's what we were expecting from Jahan Dotson. We saw that in Dallas last year, the last week with him and you know, Sam Howell. They had like something going. He was the he was the wide receiver stoner that has had, you know, outside of De'Ami Brown. But like this year, Terry McLaurin was kind of nursing that uh that injury early mm-hmm. on, remember? He had the mm-hmm, turf the toe, toe thing, so he mm-hmm. he was sitting it out. So Jahan Dotson was the, the the wide receiver one and getting the time with Sam Howell, and it just hasn't translated to the field. Yeah, and I think I don't for know this, how you can put it on Dotson though. If if he doesn't get targeted, how is he supposed to? What is he supposed to do? Like if he dropped a couple passes, I can understand him being the no go. But if you don't throw it to him, what what is he supposed to do? Stoner, you gave your no-go last year to a guy who wasn't even on the active roster. So I think I'm allowed to put my no-go wherever I feel. In this case, I don't care that he's targeted two times. He should be a bigger part of the offense. He needs to be. But for him to be a bigger part of the offense, Stoner, he needs to be doing better. And he hasn't been doing better. Okay. Fair enough. So that's going to be my no-go. Let's go to the positive side of things, Stoner. Who do you got for your go-go? Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned a couple already with with Tressway. Tress was again very good in helping out on those um, punts and the uh, the kicking for for Joey Sly. Uh, Sam Howell's an easy pick. I'm not going to go for that low hanging fruit on offense. Brian Robinson was really good. Brian Robinson was really good, especially helping out in the passing game. I don't. What was his final stats? His final uh, catching the ball like was four six receptions on six, six targets for 119 yards yeah. and a touchdown. Yeah, and showed really good chemistry with Howell knowing to go upfield as a running back. Yeah. Normally you see those guys just try to find a hole or whatever, and he went upfield on two of those plays, but he had other plays as well out there in the passing game. Uh, and he was actually fairly decent running the ball when they actually gave him a chance. So uh, Brian Robinson is my go-go for this week. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. And if you weren't going to take him, I was going to go with him as my obvious Mm. uh, go-go because he was he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Picking up two first downs on first down, those uh, those catch and runs. I mean, that was a pass, I think, of like eight yards on the first one that he took 51 yards to the house. And Mm. it was like a pass air yards. I think I had like maybe six and he had just, you know, got 30 some odd yards after that one. I mean, he was Mm -hmm. he was a large reason why this offense was successful against the mm-hmm. Seahawks. So I agree with you that he, he has earned those go-go's, but since he took them, I'm going to go with somebody else who I thought played very well, even watching the replay was Percy Butler. There might've okay. been a couple, a couple things that he could have done better, but when he was picked in the fourth round last year, I thought that this guy had the potential to mm-hmm. match well with cam curl. And I thought that that was going to work. And then Defoe ended up coming out and having a great uh, season after having been injured. Well, Percy Butler is now put into you know playing time because Defoe is back out. And he's, I think, emerging as somebody who is a solid safety for this team. Maybe not an all-pro. Maybe not even a pro bowler. 
maybe not even in the hall of, yeah, this guy was good at one point, but right now I like what I see from Percy Butler. And I think that he had a good game against the Seahawks. And I think this is a game he can continue building on. Okay. Very good. I like it. Moving on to our final thoughts here, Sam Mm -hmm. pointing to the future as they head to take on the New York football giants who just got thrashed. Mm. We'll talk more about that game. Join us on the flagship Wednesday. You can join us live. And then, of course, we'll have our game preview come out on Saturday and we'll be live for the play by play and commentary on Sunday. So if you think it's going to be a boring game, you'll need to watch us because we ain't boring. Nope. It's a good time. We are not. We got some daily commanders updates in between there on Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. So those are always good information for you to have as well. You can get that either here on YouTube or wherever you listen to your audio podcasts, whatever you do, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. We appreciate that. Now let's get to the final thoughts. Now that I've dished out all that, uh, that mumbo jumbo that most people probably already tuned us out on. Let's get to the final <laughs> thoughts here against the Seattle Seahawks. All right. My, my final thought is actually pretty simple. I get it that we talked about this, but I get it that Ron Rivera deserves to be fired. We know that just for the course of the four years, let alone what's happening this year, everything about building the roster and year three is the year. Everything is supposed to come together. And now this is year four. We built a roster, blah, blah, blah. He deserves to be fired yesterday. Jack Del Rio deserves to be fired yesterday. The defense is the worst in the league, basically, when you add everything up. But you can't fire him. You can't fire him right now. It doesn't do you any good. Reason number one, it's not like you have somebody in the wings waiting to move up into that position. In Ron's case, you've got Eric Bieniemy. Sure, you want to see what he's got as head coach? I get that. But when you do that, you're going to take Eric Bieniemy away from his sole focus right now, which is Sam Howell. Sam Howell's development greater than sign anything else in this organization right now. That's your number one focus. So leave him alone. Leave Eric Bieniemy alone. And if you're going to leave Eric Bieniemy alone, you're just going to have to leave the other two guys alone as well. We're just going to have to grin and bear it until the end of the season when everyone gets cleaned out basically, except for Sam Howell. So that's my final thought on that. I don't want to see them fired because it's not good for Sam Howell, and that's more important than anything. Fair enough. Mine is going to be Sam Howell related as well, and that is a question to those of you who are not yet believers on Sam Howell. I have been very understanding of wait and see. I'm a very you know, patient person. I'm, I understand that there are still nine more games out there for Washington to, you know, stumble upon and they Mm -hmm. might just do that. Uh, And Sam Howell might look awful in those games. And, but what I've seen so far has shown me that Sam Howell has absolutely earned the right to be the starter in 2024. Now, normally I would be all for, hey, if you can get an upgrade, you get an upgrade. Maybe you think that Caleb, new guy comes in, thinks that, or new person comes in as GM, thinks that Caleb Williams or Drake May or uh, Bo Nix or uh, Phoenix Jr. are are like the bee's knees and they want to go after them. Normally I'd be all for, okay, let's, let's go ahead. That's an upgrade. 
sometimes you have to cut bait, right? You know, Arizona cut bait with with uh, Josh Rosen. You know, there's teams that cut bait with Aaron Rodgers, with Russell Wilson. You just got to move on. Moving on from a Derek Carr, moving on from a Kirk Cousins, completely understandable. Goff is another one. He's having a nice uh, resurgence there in Detroit. I normally understand fully well of like, okay, cut bait, move, get yourself better at that position. I don't know that for the next regime, you are going to get much better than Sam Howell has shown that he could be right now. And if you continue developing him, I think good things will come to the franchise. So I want to know from, from those who are still doubt, you know, have their doubts on Sam Howell. What is it? What's waiting? Because right now I'm, I'm jumping both feet in stoner. Yeah, I was a howler before, and I believed, but even that, I was cautiously optimistic. I'm done with being cautiously optimistic. We've got the guy. He's he's making the throws. He's learned how to avoid the sacks. Only took three sacks this game. And having rewatched them, he probably could have done a thing or two better. But, you know, you're going to take sacks. And Seattle coming into this game, leading the league in sacks, it it was going to happen. And I think he did very well. And I think we got the QB of the future. And that is something to be excited about as we head into our second Giants week. God, we got to get a victory against them. As I mentioned, you can catch us Wednesday live. Join the conversation with us as we have a lot of fun on Wednesdays during our flagship program. And uh, until, well, hold on. We're presented to you by Bet Online. I'm Nathan. That's the stoner here on the Believe Network. And until next time, run the damn ball. Be a fan. Here we go.